Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Kevin Feige, the big man, the boss of Marvel Studios, took to Reddit this week to do an AMA. And ooh, there's some juicy details in there. Plus, is Moon Knight back on the table? And Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is back. You know I'm going to talk about it. All that and more today on Marvel Movie News. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. And now... Here's Popcorn Talks Marvel Movie News. Good afternoon to you, our Merry Marvelites. Welcome back to Marvel Movie News, coming to you live from Reddit. I just want to hear you say Thanos' butt. We well, did we that I know once. we did it, but it still pops wanna, into my head every time. I don't want to go back. Why? We learned Thanos' butt once, and right, just once. Spider-Zia. <laughs> I'll take it. I like it. Thanos' butt. Thank you. There. Are you happy now? Yes. Can we continue with the show? Yeah. Hey, guys. Thanks so much for joining us today on Marvel Movie News. I'm Zach Wilson. That's Zia Anderson. We've got Christian Blatt over there. Uh, this is, is going to be a fun episode. Uh, not a ton of news, but some really interesting news that definitely warrants some discussion. And we'll be doing some... Fan questions for Doom's Question Corner at the end, so please start thinking of what you want to talk about at the end of the show. As always, please be sure to like, rate, subscribe, share the videos, share the podcast with everybody that you can. If you, t- you share it and tweet at Marvel News PTN, Colt Badeau and the Star Jammer will help you out with a retweet. Yay. Let's dive right into it, you guys, and talk about some beautiful marvel news uh don't worry if you're here to hear my opinions on agents of shield because i don't have to do doom's minute of shield anymore we're gonna do that in marvel tv time at the back of the show where i just get to be excited i can uh, see you're already excited i am excited <laughs> i love shield and it's back so let's talk about this ama did you guys get a chance to look at it i didn't get a chance to read the whole thing yeah, I, I've read a story about it, but yeah. I didn't read through it. So I, I, read, I would love to have. Yeah, it's a cool, it's a cool AMA. Uh, if you're if you're not familiar with Reddit AMAs, uh, Kevin Feige and he like had he like had to post proof that it was him. Uh, went on to the Marvel Studios subreddit and basically it was just like, look, ask me whatever questions you have. I'll answer. I'll answer a bunch of them. Uh, so he took on there, and there's some cool stuff that came out of it. We're talking about the biggest story at the end, but uh, some other some cool stuff. That he said he was asked uh, if about people that were uh, like cause we've talked about it, when when Hulk snapped people back. Mm-hmm. What about the people who were like on airplanes? Did they come back where they were just like in the air and then fall to their deaths? To and Feige clarified, uh, well, we call him the Smart Hulk. So, <laughs> so he knew what he was doing yeah. when he snapped everyone back. Feige basically implied that Hulk was smart enough to snap them back to the like a safe space. 
uh, probably knew to just throw in that uh, fine print. That's no, that's a definitely a smart clarification to make on the uh, <laughs> the monkey paw gauntlet. Yeah, that that tells me that if uh, Scott Lang had somehow been in charge of the snap, you would have had people falling in in the sky, in the ocean, and drowning. <laughs> so I'm so glad that we had Smart Hulk in charge. Well, honestly, if you'd had most people. When you get down to it, yeah. um, like even Cap, I bet, like wouldn't have thought that far through. He would just be like, bring them back. And then you would have had people in like buildings that don't exist anymore. Oh my God. <laughs> Either way, some interesting results from all that. Um, when asked about the, the one shots, uh, whether those will be coming back, because those were always fun when you got those on, on Blu-rays or DVDs. Yeah. He said, uh, uh, the best thing about the one shots is that we got to flesh out other characters. It's tremendously exciting now that we have Disney Plus series where we get to do that on a grand scale with many of the characters you know and love. So basically, the and he, he said this in a couple different places, but the uh, the Disney Plus shows are going to somewhat take on the uh, point of view that the one shots were given. Where it's like taking these characters that you got to spend a little bit of time with in the movies and giving them plenty of time to play and build out the world. So you will get into those little like knit, like tiny little spaces that the, the of the MCU that you don't really get to explore that often. And instead of getting a two hour movie of it, you get like six hours of it or seven, however many episodes there's yeah. going to be. So that's exciting. Yeah. Uh, the rumors are most of the Marvel series will be between six to eight episodes. Awesome. Uh, I believe Scarlet Witch is going to be six. Um, they haven't officially said any of the yeah. episode lengths, but six to eight sounds about right. Yeah. I feel like that's a perfect amount of time to tell a decent story. Um, he also mentioned, and I had forgotten that this was a thing because I don't think they ever posted it online, but they did a special for San Diego Comic-Con last year of Louise recapping the first 10 years of Marvel movies. That's amazing. <laughs> and... Uh, he literally closed it out with like, I'm sure it's around somewhere. Dot, 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 dot. <laughs> so I would say, I hope that they expand it so that it, it finishes Endgame as well. And you just have Luis like doing the recap of all of the Infinity Saga. That would be a blast. That'd be awesome. Uh, and then throw it on the Endgame DVD. Yeah. Well, I'll buy it. Yeah, buy it anyway, but yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Well, I'll buy <laughs> that it twice this way. Exactly. Well, that's the other thing <laughs> I want to know, because um, they've done the special, like, uh, phase one, phase two box sets. Like, I unfortunately didn't grab them. Now they're super expensive, especially the uh, phase one box set. The phase one came in the briefcase, or a, ver a similar briefcase, like they had in the Avengers, where the Tesseract was being, and it had a Tesseract inside of it. <gasps> And came with all the movies and stuff. And then Phase 2 Blu-ray box set came in uh, a uh, an orb. Came with an orb. And you like, opened it and the discs were inside. See, this is why um, I don't let myself buy too many things. Because I would just have to have an entire other house full of things. Because I want all of it. Yeah. I mean, it was like two. They were each like 200 bucks or yeah, 150 bucks to it. like start with. Um, which is not. It wasn't a bad deal to me. No, it's like when you're getting but, all of those movies. Yeah. Uh, and you're getting this cool like thing for your shelf, but even now, like the phase two one's still two hundred twenty five dollars. The phase one one's harder to find, so it's like six hundred dollars collector's item. But for like, so do they put out a phase three one a that, gauntlet a, that looks like a, or do you do the Infinity Saga box set for like five hundred bucks and it comes in. <sighs> A giant Infinity Gauntlet. Yes. And I have most of the movies on Blu-ray or DVD yeah. at this point. 
but oh man, do I want that? You'd have to get a whole a whole other one. Yeah, just have have like three copies of all of the DVDs, and people are like, "Why do you have all of those?" Well, the answer would be, "Well, look, look at the packaging. I had to get it." Yep. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Marvel, if you're listening, please. Uh, uh, so, uh, talking about the Hulk uh, and Mark Ruffalo. Uh, this is a really cool quote that he that he put out. Many years ago, Mark came in for a reading with us at Marvel Studios to discuss our meeting, not a reading, uh, a meeting at, with us at Marvel Studios to discuss ways in which the Hulk could grow and evolve in upcoming films. He pitched a lot of cool ideas, some of which led to what you saw in Thor Ragnarok, Infinity War, and Endgame, and some of which would still be cool to see someday. Ooh, yeah. The cool thing there is that they're implying that like they are open to having the Hulk back. Ooh. Which I would hope so. He but hasn't had a standalone movie as Mark Ruffalo. No, he's not. So. Um, there's the... In case anyone's not aware, uh, part of the, the reason that we haven't had a Hulk follow-up solo film is because the distribution rights are still with uni- Universal, It's I Universal, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and, and Disney can't buy Universal everything. Paramount? It's Universal. Okay. Yeah. I can try. There was a... The Universal City Walk Theater had a giant Hulk at one point. That's that, right. Uh, that's that right. was the tie-in, yeah. And yeah, and that's why the name of Hulk couldn't appear in the title for Thor Ragnarok. I don't think it worked. It, it wouldn't have made sense. But there, but that's the rule. You can't have a movie with Hulk in the title, but you can use him in your team-up movies. I think yeah. that's the understanding he, they he have. He can appear in the movies because yeah. he's not the headliner. Yeah. But the moment he headlines a movie, uh, technically Universal well, has distribution rights. Universal needs to get their crap together because they're not doing anything with the character. Well, so... I think it's it's not that they, they can't produce a movie on their own. But if Disney wanted to put out a Hulk movie, it would have to be distributed by Universal, which means that they'd be have that Universal would get a huge chunk of that money. So it's up, if Disney really wants to do a Hulk movie, they would have to either give that money to Universal as they distribute it, or buy those rights back from Universal, which I'm sure would cost them right. hundreds of millions of dollars. That's probably what Universal wants in the whole mm-hmm. equation. Yeah, like, hey, you want you want to buy these Hulk rights back, and they're probably like, no, we're okay. Right and now. Disney's looking at what the profit would be on a Hulk movie, and like to a certain at a certain point, they're like, meh. But it doesn't prevent them from doing a Hulk TV series, and right. that's the Ooh. big thing. So that like, so we could see, and there was that rumor with the Hulk She Hulk. Uh, Disney Plus series, which, like, so I've been very clear about my feelings and excitement about a She-Hulk series. Call me, Disney. Um, <laughs> but, uh, so, and there was a Guillermo del Toro Hulk series in development at one point, a non-MCU Hulk series that he was being, that was being developed. And that would have been really cool to see, just like what Guillermo del Toro would, obviously would be very different from the Ruffalo take. Very, but uh, I just love anything he does. Would so. probably be more in line with like what they're doing right now with, um, it's Immortal Hulk right now, I believe. Mm. Um, the current comic oh, where it's more yeah, horror yeah. based and like back to the back to the origins. Uh, Al Ewing. Uh, it's re- I've only gotten to read a couple issues, but it's really cool. Um, and they're like 16 issues in now. Uh, Awesome stuff. Um, more, you guys want to hear more AMA stuff? I Always. do because I, I because we could have asked Feige anything, but we didn't. So somebody we else didn't. Did. Found yeah. out later. Um, uh, as far as like, has he ever done a cameo in any of these movies? Like obviously we saw Joe Russo do a cameo mm-hmm. in Endgame and stuff like that. He said, "I don't like being on camera, but I did cameo in a deleted scene in the first X Men as a Weapon X technician." 
I was completely covered in a hood, mask, and goggles. Oh, wow. <laughs> and then he, they deleted it anyway. Yep. I love it. That's how good he was in the scene, that they cut it out. <laughs> yeah. They're like, actually, I know you can't, we can't see your face, but you're still terrible. <laughs> you so. ruined the scene. <laughs> um, more incre- more stuff for from Incredible Hulk that like I just like it didn't even occur to me, and I'd forgotten, and I bet a lot of you did too. Martin Starr it has a brief cameo scene in Incredible Hulk, the Ed Norton one, the Ed yeah, Norton one, right? Um, which is MCU canon. Right, I don't so remember. Long. He it when you when uh, you remember when when Bruce Banner is like trying to sneak into the building to get his to get the data, and he brings a pizza. Oh the, yeah, like the, the, the oh, yeah. and he gives the pizza to a random technician in the building. That's Martin Starr. Oh, my God. Oh, that's funny. And when asked if Martin Starr, when he's there, is the same person as the character in Spider-Man Homecoming, like, chaperoning for Peter and everything, uh, he just responded, I do. (laughs) So it's, like, super random. And, like, why not? Yeah. Yeah. He's working as a lab tech, like, at a college. Now he's teaching at a high school. Totally fits. Yep. Same guy. It's all connected. <laughs> See, we figured it out, Marvel, for you. Yeah. Um, this was one of my. This is one of my favorites. Who is Noob Master sixty nine? Uh, to which Feige responds, "Aren't we all a little Noob Noob Master sixty nine? Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Uh, I. I. This made me like. I already like Feige, but this made me enjoy Feige even more so. Uh, another one like that. Why is Gamora? <laughs> because because <laughs> and that's it all right so that's the big that's all the like all the like the fun stuff but there was one story and i feel like kevin feige went into this ama with like i'm gonna give them one scoop from this whole thing like you can't do an ama and like not answer questions like about the future at least a little bit so i think he went in knowing he's gonna drop one thing on people to blow up the internet and he did and uh that's the thing that this this episode is titled after because, ooh, it's a big one. Well, it's a kind of it's a big one for nerds. Yeah. <laughs> um, so when he was asked, without going into details about developing projects, are there any plans to incorporate the Ten Rings from the first Iron Man or the real man quote unquote real Mandarin right. teased in All Hail the King in the future? To which he said. Simply, yes. Ah! And the internet nerd media blew up. Um, So, if you don't remember All Hail the King, it was the one shot that came on the Thor the Dark World Blu-ray. Was it Thor the Dark World? I I can't remember now. But I have seen it recently. It's on one of those. Um, And that is where we follow Trevor Slattery as he goes to jail. (laughs) And he is being interviewed, like, so, and there's a, a, an agent who sneaks in as a reporter, for, and he turns out to be a secret, uh, per, like, person working for the Ten Rings, who didn't like the, tre- who apparently didn't like that Trevor was using his boss's name. I.e., Marvel, the MCU set up that there is a real Mandarin out there that is not Trevor Slattery. As much as we love that character. <laughs> Good call. <laughs> and by the way, that was on the Thor The Dark World DVD. I just yes. uh, looked at it. Memory. Up. So, look at you. Nice. Um, so 
the Ten Rings, which was a like a little thread between some of the Iron Man movies early on, and now the Mandarin, which obviously closed out Iron in the Iron Man three storyline, could be coming back. Or is coming back. They're, yeah, they're like, I mean, he, it sounds like it. It sounds like they have something in the works somewhere. What yeah. he technically said yes to is there are plans to incorporate the Ten Rings in the future. What are your, so your guys' first reactions? And chat, get in on this too. What are you guys thinking as you hear this? I mean, mostly I just think it's exciting because it's a redemption for a character that everybody was really pissed about when it first happened. So I, I don't think. I why everyone was pissed. I love the misdirect. <laughs> Did you? I love the misdirect, the idea that, like, you set up this big bad with, like, a scary name in this world. Like, because, again, the MCU is, like, closer to our reality than the comic book reality, where, like, it is kind of silly for people to have code names. Like, oh, we're using our, our, we're using our, co- our fake names here. Well, I'm Spider-Man. Like, right. Like, that stuff, like, it's sort of silly. There's no secret. There's very little secret identities. So it's just, like, dropping, like, nicknames for people. So the idea of subverting that by creating a, ver- a character, creating a persona around this organization while staying in the shadows seemed like a really cool way to do it. It still would have been nice to get an actual Chinese Mandarin, <laughs> or at least half Chinese, because, you know, he's half Chinese. Well, but. I mean, he's, he's, he's been Gandhi, so obviously he's of Indian descent, even though he's a British guy. Not but Chinese. I actually, I think if you're going to do a misdirect... Uh, I didn't like that they burned the character of Mandarin. Why don't you do a misdirect with Pace Pot Pete or somebody that we'll be okay with, you know? I just was reading a Pace Pot Pete storyline in a comic book the what other the, day. What are the odds of that? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I would love to see, you know, because I just, the Mandarin's such a, such a great character and, uh, you know, he's just responsible for so much mayhem, uh, in the Marvel universe. I mean, you know, in the, uh, Acts of Vengeance series that they did in the early nineties, he's the reason that, uh, Psylocke went from being a British woman to being Asian. So, you know, there's uh, all sorts of great things that, uh, there's great stories you can tell with him. So I like that even if it's not going to be him directly, uh, but something that in- incorporates some of what uh, what the Mandarin's all about. That's fair. I, and I, oh. for me, I was like purely talking about it on a character po- perspective, yeah. not yeah. about like racial and identity l- and all. Let that. me just throw this no, in, by just the way. The fact that you know, in the chat, Langley Neely says, "I would love for them to use Mandarin as Shang Chi's father." I just like that from nowhere, but I love that idea. Yeah. So this is the next question that I had for you guys: is where do you think this is going to be used? Well, I mean, I know that he's. A big nemesis for Iron Man. Are we gonna get more Iron Man? I don't know. I think I think we'll get somebody in in a suit. I don't know if they because they've said that they don't want to necessarily do a War Machine movie. I think we'll see. We might see. We might see Rhodey. I think people will be using the suit. I just don't know if you're going to get a standalone Iron Man movie. I think that somebody will be using the tech in you know Avengers movies of some sort. Yeah, I'm sure War Machine will pop up. I'd yeah. be uh, if I was going to bet on anything, I'd say Captain Marvel would be his next appearance. Yeah. Um, not because I think they're going to do a romance storyline between them, although I know a lot of people are calling for it, um, but because I, because their military dynamic in, like is a perfect opportunity to bring those characters together. That's why they get along. Mm-hmm. They're both military people. They both are coded that, that way. Right. Um, so I think assuming she stays, she's on Earth for any period of time, having a roadie in that movie makes sense. Um, I think in like maybe 10 years, I could see us doing a Riri Williams storyline but honestly not before that i think you want to give iron man a big big break agreed actually um, yeah. at minimum five years before yeah. you do an iron heart um 
Iron Woman or who, like if you change her name, like whatever you want to call her, Riri, uh, I think is a, is a ways off. Um, that said, so Shang Chi is a good option. Yeah, I like the idea of him like uh, as uh, his father. It also keep in mind this does not necessarily say that they are definitely doing the Mandarin. He said yes to uh, Ten Rings or Mandarin. So it could just be the Ten Rings. So you could have somebody else running the Ten Rings, and that could be Shang-Chi's father. That could be a great... It's a great place that to bring it in. Yeah. It makes a lot of sense. My first thought was, as a as a bad... Uh, as the, the organization that is going to be the foil for Falcon and the Winter Soldier, or mm. Captain America and the Winter Soldier, depending on what they actually end up calling that show. Um, but that's where... But like a political... A politically driven organization for... For two very political characters mm-hmm. to drop into seems to be a good fit as well. Because um, if you have Captain America and the Winter Soldier tackling things like in the Middle East and in, into Asia, um, the Ten Rings mainly operating in the Middle East, and then like I don't, where, wherever you want to stick the Mandarin. Um, so Ten Rings as an organization seems like a great fit for that, whether you bring the Mandarin or not. Um, anything else that you guys think? It I were, mean, it I, I, I would... It's you can pretty quickly rule out like I don't see that being like Doctor Strange two you know I think, no it doesn't yeah. I, I I think uh, I, and I don't feel like that would be a Black Panther two I think that that character coming up against you know Wakanda would certainly work but I yeah I think it's some movie that we don't realize we're getting just yet you know it's uh, I, I mean at some point there will be another team movie another Avenger style movie but uh, I don't quite know how far off that is and I feel like that is sort of you know, it, it's not like having Thanos, but you're. It is. It is a bigger villain that you would want to, or organization really, and you want to kind of get a bunch of people together. I think to go to combat it. Well, that's going to be the interesting thing for the MCU going forward, because like, look, you're never going to top the universe like bringing together thing that we just did in Endgame, and if you did, it would be another ten years away. Yeah, at to least to do it properly. To do it properly, but like also just. I, you can't really do it the same way again. Like it's it's that that crazy crossover has been done, and the way only way to do it again and do it do another uh, team up movie that would be like better on the same level is to go smaller. You've gone universe destroying. You literally destroyed half the universe and then threatened to destroy the rest of it with Thanos, and you stopped him. You can't go bigger. There's no bigger. I guess unless you're doing destroy the multiverse, yeah. at which point we're doing secret wars. So I okay. Not so, that I would hate seeing so that or anything. So the only thing bigger is secret wars. I'm down for that. It's the only thing left. Um, but in in but before that, you have to do. You basically have to do these little team up movies. So I want like Young Avengers or like or you do Secret Avengers. Although we sort of did that with like what Cap and Black Widow and and them. Um, but the Ten Rings, that kind of like secret political organization, could be a good foil for team up movies. Mm-hmm. Like I, I hope that they could do stuff like what they're doing with Falcon and Winter Soldier, where they're doing like these like two in one team ups kind of things. And you could do that on a big screen. Like you could do Captain Marvel. Like Captain Marvel deserves her own like standalone sequel. But you could do Captain Marvel and War Machine, and they do a political like investigation which is the perfect thing to do for captain marvel because she's so op at this point giving her a secretive terrorist organization to fight where it's not about brute force but about playing it smart is the perfect thing to have her have to deal with after she fought thanos (laughs) 
Um, so I would love to see that. And I think the 10 rings as a, hey, we still remember the first, the beginning of our whole yeah. journey here. Uh, it's still relevant. It's not washed away. It's not, we're not starting over. It would be a great way to kick off the next phase of the MCU. I wanted to throw in something from the chat. Charles Lee says, uh, I wanted Madame Gao to be the great-great-grandmother or something of that nature of the real Mandarin, connect Daredevil and Iron Fist with Iron Man, just sort of out of the blue. Uh, I, I like when people Whoa. think big picture like that, so that's why I wanted to give that, that comment a shout-out. I love those thoughts. It'll mm-hmm. never yeah, happen. Also agreed, but I just I thought it would, <laughs> it would be, be amazing. Great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, as like, look, this is the other thing. is like As we get... Uh, and we'll t- this is actually teasing into our next story about like the more adult shows in the MCU and expanding those as Disney brings everything back into the fold and how is that all going to play out, play together. Um, it, 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 it's going to be very interesting. It's going to be very interesting how you have, because now you have Marvel Studios producing TV shows that are so directly tied into the MCU. Like the Loki storyline, almost definitely playing with the Loki that we found in Endgame. Yeah. Um, so it's going to be di- completely tied into the movies. Captain America, uh, I keep calling it Captain America and the Winter Soldier, but Falcon and the Winter Soldier, until it's called something else, I'll have to call it that. Um, but Falcon and the Winter Soldier will build off of them coming back and from that moment in Endgame. Scarlet Witch will build off of what happened in Infinity War. Like, all of these things are going to, like, completely start there. And if they ever bring those characters back in, they will be affected by whatever they do on their shows. Um, Marvel Studios has the ability to do that. So Ten Rings as a somewhere in the MCU is going to do it. We'll see. But, fortunately, I don't think uh, Madame Gao is going to fit into that picture. No, but Shang-Chi could. And I think that that would be really fun. Yeah, because I I think having, you know, obviously Shang-Chi could be a total standalone movie if they want it to be, you know, without any real ties to the Marvel Universe. But I think it's way more fun, even if it's maybe in his first movie, maybe you only have a little bit. But I think there should be some presence of something. So, yeah, maybe even having Ten Rings kind of just sort of looming over it. It's not even dealt with in that movie. I think that would be a great play. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, it could like so. There's a lot of options for the Ten yeah. Rings, whether it's whether it's Falcon and Winter Soldier, whether it's Shang Chi, or another project that we haven't even thought of here. Uh, so somebody, us- somebody in the chat, I, I lost who it was. Uh, throughout Eternals, so who knows? You know, so that, that feels quite- a little yeah. small, small for, for the Eternals. Eternals. Yeah. Eternals is like still dealing with some of that cosmic level stuff, like a celestial that's like buried under the earth or whatever. I don't think they're as concerned with. Uh, a terrorist organization. Right. They're, they're not even aware of that stuff happening. That's just for the smaller smaller yeah. heroes, I guess, to deal with. But you could also subvert our expectations and throw the Ten Rings into, and then, like, mop them up. Like, oh, no, the Ten Rings are back. Oh, they're dealt with. <laughs> <laughs> that would be fun. But, like, that's a, but like Marvel could do that. And it would be a, a, an interesting way to, like, show a power set of the Eternals. Like, that they can just, this organization that's been around forever, they're just, like, done. Well, maybe not snapping their fingers, but yeah, but no more no more snaps in these movies. I, I'm still a little jumpy when people. Snap. Yeah, no one is ever allowed to snap <laughs> on a Marvel movie again. No, everybody's like, <gasps> oh, just kidding. Do you think on Earth, like a snap? This is an interesting Endgame thing in the world of the MCU. Is a snap now like equivalent to giving someone the middle finger? Oh my god, yeah. It's like the thing that he who must not be named, the thing that we <laughs> that we do not do. Right. 
It totally is. Like, if you do this, if you do the, like, snap, like, the three snap somebody, that is like, you're just like, whoa, go to the office, Timmy. (laughs) Oh, my God. You don't do that here. That's actually rude now. I've had people snap at me at work before. Whoa. And now they're trying. They're saying that they don't want you to exist. They're saying, I want to snap you out of existence, Zia. Bye. And I'm like, fine, I'm not bringing you your bread. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Um,. So some other so while we're talking Endgame, there were a few other Endgame like things that came out this week. I don't really have this in the rundown, but like some fun facts that like I like fun facts. Uh, well, you know, it's like the the writers and directors keep talking about like all of the different stuff that like that came out. So uh, like they clarified that that like good luck from Rhodey between Rhodey and Carol Edwards, not romantic at all. Yeah, They're like oh, if people were into that, uh, sure, fanfic, whatever you want. Uh, that wasn't the intention. I didn't see that. Yeah, Honestly, I, I kind of saw the opposite. I, I didn't yeah. either, but like a lot of people did, and we talked about it. So. Yeah. But, well, I mean, that does happen in a lot of um, like romance things. It always starts out when they hate each other, and then, oh, there's all this chemistry there. But I didn't get that sort of <laughs> I did not feel that, so. yeah. Um, they also debunked the, the Namor Easter egg. Ah, uh, oh. no Namor. Well, they said that that was not their intention. That said, that doesn't mean that a writer... One of the things that the Russos were talking about is that they sort of had the freedom to not worry about what came next for the first time. That's great Like, they don't have to think about, like, the next movies. They're just like, we just did the good stuff, and then, like, people can figure it out from there. So you could retrofit that earthquake moment to be Namor down the road, but it wasn't written for that. Ah. Um, Same... And so, like, they were talking about that in conjunction specifically with, um, with Hulk, and the the damage to his arm, and they said that that is permanent damage, like the, the how the Hulk's arm is now smaller yeah. mm-hmm. and like withered. That's permanent. Like there's no, they could theoretically come up with a way to fix it. They're like he's a smart guy. They know a lot of smart yeah. people in the world. But as far as like there can, if he didn't do anything to it, like like outside treatments, it would not heal on its own. Wow. I mean, much the way it makes sense. Like if you look at. Thanos, um, in the in the early in the, part of the film, the, after like, he destroyed like, yeah. the stones, yeah, like when he's he was he was wrecked, yeah, yeah. So and then, and then he lost his head, and then, then he was really wrecked. Um, <laughs> and so okay, that. so yeah, and then going into our next story, continuing. So like, uh, Steve McFeely and Christopher Marcus, the writers for for Endgame, uh, we're talking about like what else they would want to do. And this is one of those fun, like, oh, you can't just drop this on us, you guys. Somewhere, this is McFeely, somewhere there's a great Moon Knight movie. Agreed. But it's complicated. I don't know why it would be so complicated. So, <laughs> I think because it's a it's a tough sell, and how do you exactly approach somebody with mental illness? Well, yeah, there's that part of it, yeah. Well, but... they did a great job of it in Legion, that's true. So yeah. it's not like it can't be done. Like, Legion did that very well. Yeah. Um, so I think that you could do that in a movie form, or even a show form, if they... It doesn't necessarily have to be a movie. It could also be a series on Hulu or Disney+. Plus. That's true. Yeah, I mean, there. I, I remember going back a couple years, there were rumblings that they wanted to do something with Moon Knight, and uh, whether it's a movie or series or anything, I think it's a character that there's a lot you can do with, and I think he's somebody that most people just don't know anything about, and I think once you really dive in, he's fascinating. 
I think Marvel may have been taking meetings, like mm-hmm. pitch meetings for Moon Knight. Like, yeah. hey, somebody pitch us a good version of it, and we'll and we'll can keep it on for like after the Punisher or whatever. And then obviously all of the Netflix deals started to fall through. We probably was happening before any of us were aware of yeah. it. Um, but I do know that like there were people like talking about Moon Knight in the background, um, and not just like fans speculating. Uh, so, uh, Moon Knight, I mean, like, it could be really cool. I, like, I would love to see McFeely and Marcus tackle something that wasn't as grand scale as Endgame or Civil War. Like, what, what would they do with a small scale thing? Like, you could do Moon Knight. Moon Knight fits if you're going to keep doing these darker Hulu shows like Ghost Rider and Hellstrom. Mm-hmm. But they, I mean, th- these guys are, are feature writers and they're talking about it as a movie. Moon Knight could work as a movie. It might work better as a as a an, a Hulu show, um, so that you could get dark with it and like just go nuts. I don't necessarily hate the idea of having people who've worked on movies work on a show. No, it happens more I, and more than yeah. you would think. Um, and I enjoy that it sort of gives it a fresh. I I love shows that are really cinematic. That's it's always yeah. my favorite when they do that. So if they can bring you know that I guess that aspect to Moon Knight, that'd be awesome. Yeah. Um, this is, uh, just a quick story. Uh, I thought it was, it was cool. Like there are people, uh, there's, there's a change.org petition to get Stan Lee, a memorial statue in New oh, York. Um, cute. it's, uh, if you just search for like Stan Lee memorial petition, you'll find it. It has over a hundred thousand signatures so far as of this morning. Do they have somewhere they want to put it? Is uh, it- is it near like one of the former locations of Marvel, like 575 Madison Avenue, right out there out front? Or that could be really cool. <laughs> be I awesome. doubt they're going to put it there. Not a Mad- well, and then the then the uh, later location on Park Avenue South. I'm just going to say they're definitely not going to put it there. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know that they have a a site in mind, but I would love to see it in Central Park. That would be great. Yeah, like right, like you know, they have the Balto statue out there and all that. Like, you can you imagine you're walking there's like. All these war generals and and uh, like uh, like uh, artists from like the eighteen hundreds, and then Stan the Man. I'd love it. Got I'd a love it. Spidey pin and like a Captain America shield. I've got the location. Just thinking about it now. So in the Sheep's Meadow, in the original Secret Wars, nineteen eighty five Secret Wars, everyone is drawn to something. They don't know what it is, and they all get uh, sucked into the battle world from the Beyonder. It's in the Sheep Meadow. Everybody ends up in Central Park, and then they disappear. So that's where I want Stan's statue to be, and I'm going to sign that petition right now. Hell well, not right now. After the show. Yes. <laughs> Hell yes. That's. A, I would love if there was some deep comic book yeah. lore that we attached to this. <laughs> statue oh my god uh, i just throw out central park because i like there's all those statues that you yeah. go on a tour and of and like, being stan <laughs> sorry no i think <laughs> you're not sorry um no i think that'd be awesome because he's shaped so many people's lives honestly and people want to some people i've heard want to make fun of the fact that adults get so into these fantasy worlds but it's like why not the real world's not that yeah, great I mean, sometimes. There, there's <laughs> so many things that you can say it's great about the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah. There's a long list, but I think you could put right at the top, people know who Stanley is, who I don't think would have otherwise. He got mm-hmm. so much credit. Yes, some would say too much credit, but he finally, he deserves a lot of credit, and people knew who he was, and I think uh, that's a great part of his legacy. Look, mm-hmm. Stanley wouldn't be Stanley without all the artists and yeah, writers absolutely. that he worked alongside, but you can't discredit the fact that it was Stanley as the consistent focal point, like mm-hmm. yeah. that kept it going for years and years, at like between all of those different artists who'd made whose val- whose contributions were unparalleled to getting it going, but Stan was the the center point that that kept it all focused. 
and going forward. So, uh, I, like, look, it, I would love to see Steve Ditko get a statue too. Yeah. So, like, <laughs> that would be cool too. Uh, but Stan as like the face of it all and like the the like the for for lack of a better term, like the leader of it during that time as the editor in chief for so many years is the one who, like, yeah. there's a reason he's been built up. Steve Ditko can get a statue in Forest Hills where Peter Parker grew up, and you can put <laughs> Jack Kirby by wherever the Baxter building was. I forget what the address was. So, see, you can put them all over the city. I love it. Yeah. It's like little Easter eggs for everyone. Little Marvel statues yeah. everywhere. All right. I like it. So I think with that, we're going to go ahead and get into Marvel TV time. Marvel movie news. Talking TV okay. Real quick story. Runaway season three has okay. started filming. That's uh, it. <laughs> how, how long before we get that? It'll probably be uh, a while. It, it'll, it, it'll be, I think it usually comes around the same time. It'll be early next year if I have to guess. Okay, so I have about another yeah, year of freedom. If they're filming <laughs> in May, you're, well, you could, that could come as early as the fall, like with a That's May true. shoot start. That's true, yeah, but uh, I think season two was at the beginning of this year, so uh, maybe maybe the end of this year, early next year. But. I mean, that's with streaming platforms. There's yeah. no hard set rules as to when you put it out, just when you when you feel like it. <laughs> And when the like when are the all the other Marvel shows like Hulu's going to have a ton of Marvel content over the next few years? Yeah, I wonder How when we get we the first of any of those animated shows. Yeah, I mean, there it's... are six Marvel shows in development for Hulu. In development, four animated: Ghost Rider and Hellstrom. Live uh, also, uh, wait, oh, but what if is for uh, Disney Plus? Disney or Plus, yeah. Plus. So I, I I stopped myself before I said something. Foolish. I was just talking. That's just for Hulu, yeah, you guys. That doesn't even keep. It, that doesn't even count Cloak and Dagger on uh, on Freeform or all of the things on Disney Plus. Speaking of Cloak and Dagger, I finally sat down and caught up over the weekend. Amazing. Uh, I'm enjoying this show. Uh, it's not. It's not my favorite of all of them, but I think it's fun, and it's I, what I love is that it's unique amongst the Marvel shows. It is very specific. It's very standalone. It's very political in ways that you don't get on a lot of these shows. Well, I love the fact that they don't just film it in New Orleans and pretend it's somewhere else. They actually, you know, incorporate the city and the values and just some of the different personalities. I think is great. Oh, I love that like voodoo magic yeah. has become part of it. And I and like light spoilers for for this season, but like I love the the record store. Yeah, like, no, to nether world to, to figure out a way to do you know going through the cloak and, and into that sort of netherworld and just getting this character who is, you know, it's the TV version of Despair and just actually being able to project all of it. I, it seemed like it's, it might be a little too high concept for Freeform, so I was impressed with the way they pulled it off. I just love that. I Like, I love the idea of when you manifest something as, like, simple as, like, toying, like, psychically toying with somebody's mind. Yeah. And what does that look like? Because, like, it, that shouldn't have a visual. It doesn't make sense for it to have a visual. But we're visual creatures. How do you portray that on a visual medium, especially? And that, to me, was super cool. A super inventive way to use that. Anyway. Yeah, Zia. no, I, I've talked about this at length on Marvel TV Weekly over on the um, on After Buzz TV with Christian and I, Sundays at 9. Um, I've talked about, yeah, of course. I've talked about it at length there, how, I mean, everyone, I guess, that watches that kind of knows that I don't really like Cloak and Dagger. It's not. I, I and you mostly don't like Dagger. I mostly don't like Dagger. You're okay with Ty. You're yeah. all right with him. Ty's, Ty's cool. Yeah. Um, he, he's a sweetie. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> he is. He's just so sweet in the show. I'm just like, oh. Um, 
but uh, it's, I, I don't really like it. But this last episode, it really has just for me personally grown leaps and bounds. I actually enjoyed it. I enjoyed this episode. I li- like what to what you were saying. Um, the way the record store. I like the voodoo that they used. I just the entire episode in general is very interesting to me. Like a, a lot of the times, I find myself zoning out during the show or like going to do something else because I'm just like, ugh, I don't care. But they've gotten to a point where I cared and I was finding myself so um, laser focused on the episode that I think I was watching it on my tablet. My mouth was slightly open and I was like, and I realized halfway through the episode, I was like, oh, I like this. Um, so if it continues going this way, I'm, you know, I'll, I'll enjoy it more. Yeah. I did not like the first season. But that was a surprising <laughs> thing that, it, that you actually texted me. I can't believe it. I like this episode. I but know. I like that. Uh, and I like the way that they're doing the Mayhem character where they've Love split it. her into two. And uh, I, I don't know just how important she is, even when she's just lurking around in the record store. I, yeah. thought I that, love her uh, lurking they around. They did in the her great. All right. I'm a skibbity bop over uh, this because I'm talking about <laughs> Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And I want to get some fan questions at the end of the show. So I want to make sure there's time for that. Shield's back, you guys. It's been so long. It's been so long. Uh, and this is my only outlet to talk about it now because life is crazy. But luckily, I have this outlet. It's, nobody can stop me now. I don't know if I've ever seen you this excited, Zach. This That's is also true. <laughs> well, it, look, I talk, I've talked about Shield for a number of years. Um, I, I didn't announce it on the show last week. I meant to. I, to, I to, talked about it on Twitter. But just because of schedules and timing, I had to step down from the Agents of Shield after Buzz TV show. Um, I can make this work because it's during the week. The weekends get a little bit hairier with my with my timing, but I get to talk about it here with you guys, with my friends, and that's my that's one of my favorite things. Talking about yeah. agents shit with friends, uh, even if you're not as big a nerd of it for it as me. This I'm was excited to talk this about was it. my first episode of watching Agents of Shield ever. I don't know how to take that. I I thought you might enjoy that little piece of information. Um, as fu- so okay, so my thoughts on this episode, and uh, so if you guys are in another market, you're not in, and this is why I wanted to make sure it was at the back of the oh, show. That's a good point. Yeah. Um, so uh, this is going to be a little bit spoilery if it hasn't aired in your territory. Yet, I'm sorry. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, hey Jill, can we get them red spoiler lights on in the background? So we can warn everybody. Yeah, yeah there we go. There we go. So we're going to talk about so when the lights go back to blue. If you're watching on YouTube. Uh, this is the perfect time. That, that's the way to like know when to uh, turn your volume back up. I I liked this episode. It was fun. Um, I there were parts of it like I'm I'm sort of torn on pieces of it. Uh, the space stuff, much like I wasn't a, as big a fan of last season. Uh, I'm not like the space stuff is fine. It looks really cool, but that's not why I'm watching Agents of Shield. I like the stuff that's like more on the ground. And, like, personal. That's why I've always liked Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. because it gets into that, like, nitty-gritty personal stuff in the MCU. Um, so I, but I like the, I like Max world that he's building here, that he's struggling with. Uh, there's so many new S.H.I.E.L.D. interns. <laughs> there's a lot of them, Did yeah. one of them die already? Was he a new, uh, there a, was was a, a new character? The guy's name was Fox. Uh, I believe he is uh, not with us. The, uh, the blonde, the blonde kid? guy. Yeah. I think he dies from. Uh, he, I, I believe he, he's a butterfly now. I don't think he died. I I, I did thought he I thought he he's, did. He's definitely they very hurt him. if he's not dead. But I think yeah. I think he. I think he might be dead. Oh poor red shirt. I was gonna say I felt like I'm like oh okay so that's the red shirt uh, which is obviously a Star Trek reference but yeah uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, you know, th- that's the funny thing is uh, I always do enjoy the characters on S.H.I.E.L.D., but I loved the space part of last season, uh, especially 
as people who watch Marvel TV Weekly know, I very strongly disliked the end of season four. And so to go off into space, uh, they definitely won me back. And uh, I was glad to see it. I like everybody being together, though, so I don't want them to be separated for too long. But I do love Simmons take charge attitude in the way of, uh, yeah, I'm going to do I'm smarter than all of you. I'm going to do whatever the F I want. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. I did no, like that. Nobody's too. going, nobody's going home for a nap. I didn't, yeah. I didn't know who she, I don't even know who she was, but I was like, oh, nice. <laughs> like, I like her. <laughs> yeah. I, I want to know where Deke is at. Yeah, that's what I said. Deke's like one of my new favorite characters <laughs> on this show. But like, and I'm like, I don't know how to feel about this new thing with Keller. But that's what I'm yeah. saying. There's like a bunch of shield interns, uh, which is a, the, that's what we always called the, the like random, like shield people in the background. Yeah. Got it. Uh, they're all interns. If you don't like have it. a name, you're an intern. I like so, it. So Piper wouldn't be an intern because we have her name. And Piper's been around, been around for a Yeah, she's been around Keller, to me, is still an intern. Okay. He's just an intern who's, like, hooking up way up the ladder. Yeah, he's yeah, he, that's true. He's way above his pay grade with you. And I don't know how oh. I feel about Momomo getting broken up, which is what I call Mac and Yo-Yo. Oh, okay. <laughs> Might not stay broken up. It's just a hunch I have. Yeah. Uh, Keller seems destined. But, like, oh, as far as, like, the who is Clark Gregg playing... It's, I have no idea, but mm-hmm. like they did seem to in the preview for next week sort of hint that like there might be a connection to Col- I mean, there would have to be, like, otherwise, why? I mean, why does he look exactly but like But he was him, like, yeah. they were like, what's that word mean? Colson. I yeah. don't know, but it sounds familiar. Hmm. And so it's like, okay, so this is some mind warp thing. I don't know where the, what dimensional thing these guys came from, but I like the idea that they're like, they have to like clear space to teleport through. There's something interesting here. There's like, I almost wonder if they, oh, what if these, what if they're like necro walking? Like they are inhabiting dead bot. What if all of these people are dead? Ooh, that would work. And I they like, like that took, idea. and it's not that they are, they raise the dead. They just took use of discarded bodies. Ah, oh, I read a book that's like that. And I love that concept. Yeah. So like that could be a really cool way for them to take it where it's, it like Colson died. He was buried. And then they were like, well, this is fresh. Yeah. Walked into it. It's not being used. It's that debate of a, the, a lot of sci-fi stuff has tackled that idea of like if there like I, there's a Doctor Who episode about it where it's like if this flesh isn't being used and these people could use it, uh, why are you offended? It's just flesh that right. that used to belong to somebody you know. Right. Um, let them have it. So that could be a really interesting way to do it. Well, I don't uh, know if that's right. But it could be interesting. my 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 theory that uh, I'm filling in on the Agents of Shield after show for a couple of weeks. It's uh, Sundays at eight Pacific on the uh, AfterBuzz TV, uh, which is right before Z and I do Marvel TV Weekly. And my theory is that uh, he's a Skrull and doesn't know it. He just has no idea, so he doesn't know why he looks like this guy. It's actually not what he looks like, but he doesn't. He just doesn't know. So that I just wanted to have my own theory out there on the record on this show. And when it's proven <laughs> wrong, everybody will be like, "Dummy." I'm That's the fun, that though. Anyway. That's yeah. the fun of this show is that the bonkers theories. Look, look, the, the, my shield bonkers theories go all the way back to season one when they revealed the the random Cree, and I went, "What if that's Marvel?" <laughs> <laughs> that's a great theory. <laughs> and like Coulson, Lawson, it's all there. <laughs> and then, of course, that is way off base. But five or six years ago, seemed plausible. <laughs> 
in your head, it made perfect sense. It did make sense. Um, I wanted to uh, ask Zia the same question I asked on Sunday night. So watching the show for the first time, mm-hmm. did you feel like you were totally lost or maybe just a little bit or was it? I mean, a little bit because I didn't know any of the characters. I guess I knew enough about it just from hearing you guys talk about it and from reading things that I knew sort of where we were leaving off from. And they kind of did a, like a quick recap. So I, I definitely wasn't. I mean, I'm lost, but I'm not. It's not bothering me that much. Eventually, I'll go back and maybe watch some seasons. I want to see the Ghost Rider season. You yes, you do. See. That's I've like one of my favorite arcs yeah. is when they brought in Robbie Ray. It's like season from season one, episode 20, when they did the Winter Soldier tie-in mm-hmm. through season two is like I think the strongest that the show ever was. Season three is good, but the Ghost Rider arc is one of the like most interesting times that they've done on the show. Yeah, so I think I'll go back and check those out. The show, and I think I said this also on Marvel TV Weekly, the show reminds me a little bit of, and someone said it in the chat too, I was saying like Flash and Arrow and uh, Legends of Tomorrow. It does have, it's it's a similar vibe to that, and I do really like those shows. So I, 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 I don't see myself hating this. I definitely am not going and being like, oh, I have to watch this show. Like I have with <laughs> some other shows. But it was one of those shows that I didn't watch, A, because it's network, and um, B, because I, it just it didn't look good. I didn't think I was going to like it. So this is a pleasant surprise. Get into it, Zia. All right, <laughs> let's turn down that spoiler warning. You guys can all come back and be safe among friends. Uh, and we're, let's do some, some questions from the chat and from Doom's Question Corner. If you guys want to send your questions in to the podcast so that we can talk about them, you can email them to doomsquestioncorner at gmail.com. It's real easy. Doomsquestioncorner at gmail.com. Very easy. Um, so I wanted to start with one that was sent in via Twitter by Charles Lee. And I thought this was a good one to start with. Uh, is Agent Carter still canon? Mm. Uh, didn't it end with her settling down with Sousa? What's going on? It's all wibbly wobbly after Endgame. Um, so, oh. so here, so the, the, there's a there's a two part. There's like two kinds of questions that going on here. So, uh, as far as did it end with her settling down with Sousa? No, they sort of implied that it could be Sousa, yeah. who could be. Uh, like the father of her children that, that she refers to in Winter Soldier. But that was never a thing on the show. Um, it might have been in season three, but they never got that far. So as far as like what is what the story that has been told, we never found out, out who she wound up with. And as far as uh, is it still canon? Yes. Uh, as canon as any of the MCU TV shows have ever been. Uh, that hasn't changed. Yeah, and I'd say arguably it's more canon once we saw Edwin Jarvis in, in Endgame. That exactly. like made it like, okay, it's definitely canon. Yeah, <laughs> at the very minimum, that Jarvis is the Jarvis in both universes. Right. Uh, as far as, like, it, it is wibbly-wobbly, it's even more so because you had the Russos say their version of time travel where uh, <laughs> Cap is in a... A, a different timeline living out his life and then you had the writers come out uh and say no cap lived his life in this timeline and so it's in our universe uh it's not a different one and then kevin feige in the ama when asked like uh can you explain which one is canon and uh, like is it this choice or this choice and he just said yes <laughs> <laughs> great answer thank so you so the answer is look it's up in the air and it, i doubt they'll ever explain it more than they have like to this point so have fun with your head cannon <laughs> 
Like, I like the idea that it was that he lived it in our universe. It totally works for me. Like, it's a little breaky in terms of some of the time travel stuff, but who cares? Let it be fun. Let it be that, like, I still like giggly Captain America and Peggy Carter, like, talking about how he saved Captain America, saved me all those years ago in Germany. Just just don't think about it too much. Just stop thinking about it. Yeah. Just uh, enjoy. Christian, any other questions from the chat? Well, uh, I just lost who asked it, but somebody wanted to know, Zach, if you want Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. to be a supervillain of the week show, do you think that uh, w- would help it? Uh, no. Not not straight up, like, episodic, where right. they're just going off and doing this and then, like, doing the next one. But having those episodes thrown in every, here, every now and again is sort of, I think, the joy of the show. So you can't—you know what it is? It's doing that a couple times, like, doing that and then, like, doing, like, a, a, a little bit of an arc story and then doing another one. And then it turns out that, like, all of those people were working for Hydra or right. AIM at the end of the season. And it was all— connected the entire time so when you go back and rewatch you're like oh i see how that led into this and this and that and that like that's the best way to do a longer form tv show i think yeah are my favorite seasons of doctor who when they do that yeah agents of shield has done some great stuff where it's just pure uh like serialized storytelling like ghost rider where it's like pieces through and then they like but then they go off and they do some like stuff that like ties in loosely like because they're doing so they're like investigating magic all of a sudden that stuff is fun. Um, so I don't want them to go pure monster of the week. But that doesn't mean you can't do those episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. We're unfortunately out of time for today. But please send us more questions for next week so that we can get into it. Uh, especially, I expect there's going to be lots of time for fan questions and investigating weird little like uh, ideas about the MCU between now and July when uh, Feige and, and team take to take the stage for San Diego Comic-Con and announce all the things probably other than Spider-Man and Dark Phoenix where other than two major yeah. movies we're dying for. <laughs> what is there to talk about? I like heard it myself as I was talking. Please send us your questions. Lots more to talk about. And uh, people are asking for the address for Doom's Question Corner again. All right. One more time. The email address is doomsquestioncorner at gmail.com. All you got to do is remember it, and then remember that most people have Gmail addresses these days. <laughs> That's true. Um, all right. So we're going to wrap up right now. Zia, where can everyone find you? Besides on Sunday nights at 9 over on um, Marvel TV Weekly at uh, AfterBuzz TV, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Zia underscore land. That's X-I-A underscore land. And you can find me just as easily as Sundays at 9 on Marvel TV Weekly. And as I mentioned, this week I'll be sitting in one more time on the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. After Show, which is at 8 Pacific on AfterBuzz TV. And tonight, 10 p.m., Twilight Zone, AfterBuzz TV. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at ChristianDMZ. All right, guys. I'm Zach Wilson. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at that Zach Wilson. Also, be sure to check out my other podcast, Ships in the Night, where we do weird cross fandom shipping stuff. Uh, we also do in that part of the show is we do a matchmaker segment where we have to find love for someone that people bring in. Lex Michael, who you may know from AfterBuzz TV, brought in the Collector this week. Oh, <laughs> and I'll just tease you with that. Whew. It's uh, let's just say. Uh, there's a Zoolander reference going on in that one. <laughs> yep. Uh, yep. All right, guys. So check that out. Ship. That's called Ships in the Night. Uh, I'm Zach Wilson. This has been Marvel Movie News. Thanks for geeking out with us. From producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network. 
We would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit popcorntalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network.